Thank you, Luke, for reading scripture. Um, if I look down, it kind of has a weird noise, isn't it? Okay. So, it's so good to see you guys, as I already said, but I'll say it again. Uh, even with your mask on, this is a good-looking crew of people. Um, so, just to give you an idea of the rest of this, this morning. Um, we are, we're finishing up our, like a mini-series, a two-week series. This is the second of two. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. And then after that, um, we're going to take a, a moment to respond to the Lord through, through what we hear today from his word. But we're also going to take some time to pray for our country at the end of, of our service. Um, and we'll have a couple of us guiding that time. Um, and uh, I, I'll say more about that in a second. Uh, but I think we all understand now's a good time to pray for our country. It's always good. Um, but especially right now. Um, so we are, these two weeks, last week and, and then now today, we're taking as, as mainly a reminder. The goal here today and last week was not to say anything new or revolutionary. It's just a reminder uh, of, our, of our primary calling of what does it look like to be followers of Jesus? What is most important to God and how do we to remember that and put it into practice? Um, in a time of... of uh, of turmoil, of difficulty for a lot of people. And I, and I say this, I don't actually know the people. Uh, some of you guys might be thrilled with the last week, might be heartbroken. You might be like, oh, I don't really know where I am. Um, that's actually probably a good chunk of us. Um, but it's good, um, just as a, as a reminder, in a way to center ourselves on the truth. Uh, on the truth, on, on the, the first and, and most important things that God has called us to, to do. Um, and so the first one we talked about last week was loving God with our entire being, right? Our heart, soul, mind, strength. Um, and if we're honest, last week uh, when, I, when I spoke, um, I focused a little bit on the negative in the sense of how we have failed to do that. Um, and, and ways we failed to reflect the character of God in our world, in our society. Um, specifically through the relationship of the church and politics, but I don't think it's just limited to that. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about loving our neighbor, uh, perhaps a little bit more positive. Um, but the central question is actually still the same. How are we supposed to reflect the character of God in, in, our, in our world, in our society? Um, and keeping in mind that the two greatest commandments, which Luke just read, is our guiding principle. Uh, the greatest thing we can do is love. Um, the, the command to love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus put it the number two only, behind only love God. Paul, actually a couple times the Apostle Paul refers to it as if you can love your neighbor, you're you actually fulfilling the whole law. It's the summary of the entire Old Testament ethical teaching is love your neighbor. James, Jesus' brother, actually refers to love your neighbor as yourself as the royal law of Scripture. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is really the, along with loving God, it is the defining feature of the church, or at least it's supposed to be. Um, and our love, this is kind of what we're going to do today. Our love is patterned. Our love for our neighbors is patterned after God's love for us. Okay. Now there's a lot of places we can go in scripture. Uh, as I said, this passage in Matthew 22 is our centering point. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can go to 1 John chapter 4. Um, we also have a screen now and a projection. Now, just so, for the record, that does not mean you shouldn't bring your Bibles. 
I am a big believer that your actual physical Bible is a wonderful thing. Uh, I won't judge you if you have it on your phone. Maybe I will, actually, silently in my heart. Um, so we're going to look at, uh, um, I channeled my inner Baptist this morning. Three points. Three points. Every good Baptist sermon. How many of you guys grew up in Baptist church? Am I right? Three points to a sermon, right? If you can end on a poem, that's ideal, but I, I, didn't, I didn't go that route. Uh, and yeah, so mine, mine, mine do not rhyme. They don't all start with the same letter. Uh, so I'm not really a Baptist. I grew up in a charismatic Baptist church, so I, we didn't quite go the, play by the same rules. Three points nonetheless. All right, three ways we can love our neighbors. Pattern after God's love for us. Okay. Um, so 1 John chapter 4. We're just going to look at 9 through 11. Um, I'm just, I just grabbed a few out just to give us an idea. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay. So, again, some of these are obvious, but it's the obvious things that we usually skip over and they tend to be the most important. First thing we seek, um, so God's love uh, was something he actually demonstrated, right? His love was not simply a feeling or a positive disposition towards other people, right? He actually did something. Most popular verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16. How does it start? For God so loved the world, he what? He sent, here he gave, right? He actually did something on behalf of others out of his love. God's love causes him to act on our behalf. So, very simply... One way we love our neighbors is that we actually do something, right? We do something, something tangible, something practical. It's a self-sacrificial love. A love that does not involve sacrifice is not really love in a biblical sense. Love is something you give of yourself for somebody else, okay? Some of you guys, if you're a, a, a veteran saint in the room of the 90s, it only applies to some of you, uh, you might remember there was a great trio of uh, poet theologians by the name DC Talk. I'm going timely pop culture references here, guys. DC Talk uh, reminded us, they put their lyrical and musical genius together and they reminded us that, in fact, love is a verb. You guys remember this? Anybody remember this? All right. Love is a verb. It actually is a noun, too, by the way. I don't, parts of speech was not their strength. But love is a verb. And it, was, and it sounds cheesy, but it was really cool because they spell love, L-U-V. So we know it was cool. All right. But there's actually a good point here, right? Lo love, uh, love forces you to do something on behalf of others. But here's the thing. It's not just that God demonstrated his love. It's how. It's how he demonstrated his love. Uh, and this is, for the kids taking notes, this is your, um, I'm moving into point two, I believe, if I remember correctly. 
Um, so here's the thing. God's love, as we see it in Jesus, entered into the worst and the messiest of humanity. Okay? God does not love at a distance. Jesus didn't love from far away and, 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 and have good feeling towards us. Uh, Jesus could identify, he could empathize with the pain, the suffering, the sorrows of this world. Right? He chose... Um, you know, uh, uh, to be born into a humble family in a humble country. He had friends and family and, and, and that were outcasts and things. But not only that, not only that, Jesus carried the sin, the brokenness, the evil of our world on his shoulders. You understand, no one understands the pain, the sin, the brokenness of our world better than Jesus. And yet, he took it. And God sent his son into the messiest, into the worst. So here's the thing. If we want to love our neighbors as God loves us, then we have to get into the messiness of life, right? Uh, now, I will say, I think um, we've done this well as a church, and, and even out of the church we were sent out of in Brighton, um, you know, for example, uh, adoption and foster care, right? If you have been involved in adoption and foster care, uh, I won't make you raise your hand because there are children in the room. Can we all agree it's a little bit messy and it's hard and it doesn't, it's not always immediately rewarding? Yes? No? Um, it's hard, right? And so we actually have done some of this. Or even recently, I'm going to uh, congratulate Alex over here. I'm going to use him as a model. Um, Alex has a friend uh, who was recently just released from the hospital after 40 days, correct? 40 days of, uh, in the hospital. But Alex, a couple times a week, not every day, but a couple times a week, Alex would go and visit this friend, take him things because of COVID restrictions, and Alex was the one who brought him to the hospital. He got to be the guy who was allowed in all the time. It's not efficient use of time. It gets in the way of certain tasks, right, of the day. And yet, it's just, it's, it's part of the messiness of life if you want to love your neighbors, it's just what it takes. Um, it, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to do this consistently. If, if we want to pray for broken marriages, just as an example, for broken marriages to be restored in our area, right? Do we, we do pray for this. We have to be willing to enter in to the brokenness, right? You can't do the marriage restoration business from, from a distance, and it, it's hard. It's messy. If you want to see whatever, pick your topic, right? If you want to see drug addiction broken off, you're going to have to enter into the world of drug addiction. You're going to have to take in on the risks, right? People dealing with issues of, of, uh, um, uh, of their background, of, of their family, of growing up in difficult places. In this part of the, uh, of the region, uh, a lot of uh, abuse from spiritual authorities, right? And if we want to see this, be broken off and healed and restored, if we want to love our neighbors, then we have no option but to move into it and handle it. You guys see, uh, God's love for us is demonstrated by entering into our messy, nasty, disgusting world. Now, the, the church as a whole, uh, there have been times when the church has done this really well. Um... I, I, for those of you who know me, I, I love history. I study a lot of history. Um, 
And uh, the early church, I mean, when I say early church, I mean the first couple centuries after Jesus. It's fascinating. And I, I, we could go into a whole long thing about this. But the early church grew in the first couple centuries despite the fact that there were very few advantages to being a Christian. And, and there was actually this writer, a guy named Rodney Stark, years ago in the 80s, wrote a book about this. And he actually, when he wrote the book, he was not a Christian. He's since become one. Um, and he was just trying to understand why did Christianity grow? And he would find things like this. When a plague would hit a city, right? When a plague would hit a city, all the wealthy, right? The rich, the, the people with means fled the cities and went out to the hills, literally, right? They'd go stay in these uh, in homes up in the mountains and wait out the plague. Christians would stay behind in the cities to serve those who were sick. They demonstrated their love for their neighbors by entering into the messiness, to literally the sickness of their society. And keep in mind that they did this without any political power, without any position of authority. They did it simply out of love. You guys track in here. We don't have to wait for permission or a rule or a law to tell us to love people. Right? The world's just too messy for us to wait for that. Now, this requires a lot, right? Especially right now in a divisive time, right? Because a lot of people have very strong opinions and, 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 and some people are upset, oftentimes understandably and rightly. Uh, but it really requires us. Love requires us to listen, to empathize, to identify with people, to hear them out, attempt to understand and to enter into their pain. And that's not a common way to do it in our world. Right? Love is not efficient. It is not quick. It doesn't, meet, uh, it doesn't work on your schedule. Right? It's hard and it's messy. Um, and there's another important aspect... Uh, that we see about of God's love and, and how we can follow. Um, you'll notice here that uh, God's love comes before our love for Him, right? And I, I think I've actually said this in past weeks, so it's worth repeating again. Uh, we love because God first loved us, right? Our love is a response to the revelation of His love. Uh, and this is a common theme in Scripture, Romans 5, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? That's how God demonstrated his love. Uh, God's love did not take into account our lovableness, right? So another way that we love our neighbors in, in the way that God loved us, and I think this is point three if you're scoring along here. Another way we do it, we love our neighbors, is we just love them first, Regardless of who they are, right? I mean, it, it, it goes against human nature to love people indiscriminately, right? It's so, and Jesus actually talks about this elsewhere. It's so much easier to love people who are nice to you, who are kind to you, who are like you. But again, if we want to love our neighbors in the way God loves, if we want to reflect his character and his love, we don't wait for that. We just love people anyway. Now, I think we can... We can um, see how this is a problem right now. So right now, uh, roughly half our country is upset and the other half is happy. Or maybe it's like a quarter is upset, quarter is happy, and the other 50% are, are not quite sure what they're supposed to be thinking, right? I, I don't know. Um, 
And the temptation to join in on the division, right? The temptation to join in on, on, I mean, the hatred. Even if you don't want to call it hatred, that's oftentimes what it is, is so strong, right? Love is highly conditional in our world, but not for the people of God, right? We love our neighbors because God has loved us first. You can come up, Kelly. So I want to point out that these three, these three things that I've said, they build on each other, right? They kind of go together. They mesh. Um, so we are called to love in a, a demonstrable, a tangible way by entering into the lives of our, of our neighbors, right? No matter how difficult, no matter how messy. And we do it freely and broadly, Right? We don't wait for other people to show us love. We don't wait for a moment where it's, it gives us an advantage. We just give it away freely to everyone. So here, here's my thing. Because a lot of us have, have joined up on this little church plant. And uh, we, we say we want to see the evidence of the kingdom of God. Right? We want to see, as I mentioned, we want to see broken marriages restored, families healed, relationships. We want to see addictions broken off, um, trauma from abuse uh, uh, healed. But you understand, one of the main ways, perhaps the main way, we will make an impact in the world around us is if we love our neighbors in the way that God has loved us. So here's here's my thing. Can we make it a point to leave here today. We make it a point to leave here and combat the the hatred and division in our society. Can we make it a point to love our neighbors completely, freely, messily, if that's a word? Can we make it a commitment that Antioch Community Church in Quincy, in whatever town it is you live in, Can we make it a point that people say, hey, they love their neighbors? When no one else is loving anybody, Antioch loves their neighbors. So this this is what we're going to do here in a time of response before we pray for our country. Uh, Kelly and Jonathan are just going to play for a moment. Um, And we're just going to take a second to to ask the Lord, seek the Lord. Um, And Father, will you reveal uh, people that we encounter on a a semi-regular basis that we can love in a tangible way, in a practical way, right? Can we take a few moments, ask the Lord, speak to us, show us who are the neighbors, who are the people, where are the messy, difficult areas in our towns, whether you're all the way from Dedham, Canton, Milton, Quincy, Weymouth, and if I missed any of the other ones, let's ask the Lord. Take a moment right now and let's just ask him. Father, reveal it to us. So we're just going to play and um, seek the Lord.